I'm excited. I'm excited to talk to our next guest. Unfortunately, uh, not for the reasons that we are talking to him tonight. Don Flesh is the owner of a Central Camera that is uh, located on South Wabash in Chicago, and uh, it is a business that is historic in this town. And unfortunately, things uh, did not go very well on Saturday, and that is probably the biggest understatement I have ever made. Uh, Don, welcome to WGN. Thanks for taking time this morning. It's good to talk to you. Thank you very much, sir. So, uh, as I mentioned, Saturday night uh, was a... I can't imagine how horrible a night it was when you when you stood and watched Central Camera, uh, a, a business that has been in your family that your grandfather founded since 1899, uh, being looted and burned. Um, can you can you give us a little sense of what it was like to stand there, and then we'll then we'll get on to some some happier remembrances. But uh, it was oh certainly. I sat across from the store in front of DePaul University. I didn't want to be close to the front door. Because if my anger rose, which it didn't, I wouldn't allow that. But, but, hey, this is my only job. I've had it all my life. Yeah. The only one. And uh, I'm halfway to 144 at this point. <laughs> so I've had a lot of fun working at the store. I love the store. Love the people. Love what it does. Pictures, what do they do? They last forever. Yeah. So I wasn't angry after a soft moment had passed. I was sad that the reason for people on the street was being ignored. And what it stood for was to help in sympathy for this poor man who died, Mr. Floyd. And uh, it's all black lives matter and all other people's lives matter, too. But I I just I, I watched and I reasoned to a certain extent what was happening and People were stealing. Yeah. Why were they stealing? I don't know. What were they going to gain from stealing? See, How was it going to help them? You know? I, I don't, and you say that, Don, and you that say you weren't funny. angry, and that's an emotion. I, You're a better man than I am, to be honest, because if... Well, we don't know each other well enough to get to that conclusion, sir. Well, I'm sure, I I can tell you this, but that, that part is true, but I can tell you I would have been angry. I wasn't angry, no. Anger... I don't know. It doesn't solve anything for me. Yeah. No. And moving forward, I don't want to have yesterday control my present. Yeah, that makes uh, that's that is a, a perfect sentiment because in order to move on, you have to put all that behind you, uh, exactly. and, and all the you know as all the good things that came before shouldn't be, and all the good stuff that will come after, I guess, can't be defined by one horrible moment. Exactly. We do that enough in our daily lives, listening to the radio, not you, <laughs> listening to television, and listening to the man in the White House. It's enough. We are, yeah, we're all going through a lot, that is for sure. Now, I, I have to ask you, because we know uh, from, I, I saw your interview on uh, Channel 2 the other night, and I've read Dave Hoekstra's <laughs> wonderful piece about you. Uh, I know you were able to, to get... Uh, the first camera that your grandfather ever sold. Were you, were you yeah. there before things turned bad? When when were you able to get into the shop? Well, um, we got a notification, or I did, from the alarm system, a nice company called Early Warning, on West Tui, and 
they talk to me the first time at one minute after 9 p.m. Okay. And then within the next five, six minutes, there were another five or six hits to our security system. And the last one was that our security system going down to our basement oh, had been triggered. Well, now I know people for sure in the store. Yeah. I leave. I get downtown. I can't go anywhere east and west because it's blocked. I finally get to a block west of the federal building on Jackson. Park the car, go. Have my camera, go. At Dearborn, I run into 10 or 12 policemen who are with their, their own thoughts, I guess, but I ask them, what about my car? Sir, I wouldn't leave it there. Maybe it'll be a smash window when you get, or maybe it won't be there. Or maybe some. I said, I have to go try and find out what's happening within my business. I walk on across the street and more policemen. Another block, I'm at Jackson and Wabash on the west side. I cross the street. I don't want to be in physically in front of the store. And I go and sit, lean against the what's it called. I took with me a heavy umbrella, <laughs> thinking that if I had to defend myself or if I wanted to be on the offense because I would be angry, oh, yeah. then I could out. How stupid is that, I said. <laughs> Let something like that control me. Right. I sat and watched, took pictures. But they were looting at that point. If 100 people or so walked in front of the store, 80 went into the store. Oh, geez. 80 came out carrying things. Uh, One thing, two things. Some man had his shirt out of his pants in front of him like a pocket and he had things in there so he was carrying more than he could carry in two hands um that's how that was i assume having heard out and figured out what was taken from our store the next day that if we had for example 800 cameras and lenses we now had 20 oh my god what was the condition of those because of the situation so i figure that the robbery or the attack on the store and they pulled back the gate with crowbars not where the locks were but on the other side because there were three sections to the gate they okay. took the one in front of the door worked on the left hand side yanked it back busted through the the door busted the windows stole from there busted the other one busted the door and uh boom they're in so i figure that happened 7 30 i don't know when the protest turned into violence yeah. or to the attacks. I'm not sure of that time schedule. But no one, while I was watching, because the fire started maybe another 35 minutes later, and all that was coming out from the fire was this tremendous black smoke just billowing out, billowing out, and then the people were moving away. Yeah. I called the fire department. They finally came right on time. I couldn't get them right away. I called a friend who's a policewoman, she lives in Hyde Park. Joanne, I had to leave a message because she was probably busy that, you know, yeah. going, what, what was going on. And uh, the police, I mean, the fire department came approximately five, six minutes later. Seven trucks, eight trucks came in. All those people got off. Another 15, 20 trucks came. And then there must have been 100 firemen. They then went to the front door, pulled the gate back. We ripped it off to a certain extent. These three guys laid in front of the door and hosed in different directions, in a sense. Some to the left, some to the right. 
some went 30 feet, some went 60 feet, some went 90 feet, depending on pressure. And that was the way they were trying to, if the fire was where they were shooting, hey, they were going to knock it out with heavy water yeah. pressure. They did that water pressure for over three and a half hours. Jeez. Almost four. Finally, I don't know, after they started that, how do we get in? In other places, I showed them, I explained, I thought like I was a tracker. Yeah. Leading them to the back in the alley, leading to the side of the door, how to break through this one, you know. Now, and they hey, ended up, we found out later, that the fire was in the basement. And what was down, what did, What kind of thing, what, we'll, get, we'll continue with that. i got to take a quick break, sure. Don. But, Go uh, right Don, ahead. Don Flesh is my guest. He is the owner of Central Camera. A GoFundMe account has been set up. Uh, Central Camera Company Rebuild. You can go there and pledge to help this business. After we finish talking about what happened on Saturday, the history of your of your place is phenomenal. We'll get into that. And if you have any questions for Don or a memory of a camera that you bought from Central Camera, 312-981-7200. We'll do all of that right after this. It's 720 WGN. Brian Noonan for Nick D, 720 WGN, 312-981-7200. That's how you get a hold of us. I am uh, happy to be talking to Don Flush. He is the owner of Central Camera, uh, 230 South Wabash, which uh, unfortunately on Saturday night was one of the targets of looters. Uh, it was looted, and uh, then there was a fire. And, Don, you were you were just telling us the, the fire department had gotten there. Now, I, I'm interested. You said you were able to save the first camera that your grandfather sold uh, when the when he opened the business in 1899. Was that Correct. was that still intact when you got in there after the yeah. fire department? I didn't get into the store, Ryan. What happened, it was in the window. Okay. We have a south window and a north. I had put it in the window years ago in the corner in the front trying to block the sun because once the sun rises and goes past <laughs> the buildings that are east of us and they get to the 10 o'clock, 1030 range, now the sun is bursting onto that whole window for, what, two and a half, three hours. Yeah. Oh, I wanted people to see it. My dad had written a little ticket that said, first camera sold, 1899. Wow. So That's- what did I do? There was a gentleman who works for, you know, a police, I mean, a fire department, and he was in a special, different color suit, and he was trying to keep pedestrians like me away. Yeah. Because if I got hurt, who's to blame? The fire department. Yep. But slowly, over a period of an hour, I got a little closer, backed away, talked to him for a sec. I finally, at a moment when I was fairly, fairly close to that corner, and the glass was all busted out. Ugh. So I knew I could reach in. We looked at each other for a moment, I said, and I pointed over and said, what's that over there? <laughs> and he turned it down. I reached my hand and grabbed the camera, pulled it back out. He says, what, what do you mean? I don't see anything. Oh, I must have made a mistake. <laughs> I saved Grandpa's camera. That was the most important part of the history for me. Yeah. Early things, because I didn't know my grandpa. He died in 1933 at 56 years old. Wow. So, so this was a this was def, definitely not only a piece of business history, but a piece of family history. So exactly. Was there oh. anything else? Uh, I know when on Sunday when you find when you were finally able to go in, did uh, was there anything else uh, yes. th- like that that was uh, yes. salvageable? Yes, Grandpa's first sign was a brass, two inch tall, about ten inches long, with a little foot in the back to make it stand up, just saying Central Camera Company. 
Wow. And that I found where I put it, when you walk in our door, our window on the south, it was in a little ledge sitting there. Then I remembered, oh, the one I like also, a little bit taller brass in the front window where people could see it when they walked past, that photographs live forever. Wow. And those, those, had, been, those, those had been untouched. They were left. They were left. Then I walked into the store and I found some, well, I found some framed um, images of the store and little statements and things like that. But the next thing that I found that had been ripped down, the Art Institute of Chicago had a 150th year anniversary of photography, 1839-1989. And they had a saying, 150 year anniversary of photography and they had a check photographer's picture up above unfortunately that man didn't know that his picture was chosen he died two months before oh. the announcement wonderful photographer right now i forget his name yeah that well, was given to me by the curator of photography david travis who's retired now i hate parker see so, and those are the kind of things that even if Insurance will cover a loss of some things, but those kind of those kind of memories can never be replaced. It doesn't matter. Well, it doesn't matter what happens. Your mind. They're just in your mind when you can't have them for yeah. real. You yeah. know. And how do I explain my mind to you? For exactly. The next what it felt like, and because that was ten feet long, and we used to have a, a company that came and changed our light bulbs. Well, the light bulbs are hanging from the ceiling, which is twenty five feet over the the store's floor, oh, and they. Light fixtures were another three feet, and then this thing was hanging down, but it wouldn't clobber anybody in the head. <laughs> but we had one guy who was like seven feet tall, so when he came through, he had to bend down. <laughs> oh, one of Dad's customers in the 50s was the tallest man in the world with the circus. Oh, he really? He was eight foot six. Yeah, he was with Barnum and Bay. So he was there. I didn't see it, but Dad told me, and he'd come in often, but he had the smart, shortest man in the world with him, the midget. <laughs> So when you walked into our, this guy bent down probably like he was doing the push-ups, but he got in, he got through. Along our lights in the back where the men stood or any salesman stood were ledges. They were clean. So <laughs> the little guy was tossed up to the ledge <laughs> like he was, a, you know, whatever, a light bag of something. And he walked around and had fun while Dad talked to the other gentleman about his needs. Then he jumped back down, they walked out home. That's amazing. Sammy Davis used to come a lot. Who did? Wonderful oh, nice Sammy, Sammy yeah. Davis? Right. Dad had uh, uh, Gary, not Gary Cooper. Who's the other one that's wonderful that looked like him? Oh. Uh, like Gary Cooper. I can't think. Well, he would, his Gary. people would call, what? I wanted to say Cary Grant, but I don't that's think... It, that's it, Car that's it. It is Cary Grant, okay. Cary Grant, people would call up early, and you know, or the day before, and say, Mr. Grant wants to come in, wants to talk to you, Mr. Fletch, but doesn't want to be around other people. When can he come in? 7 o'clock, oh. 7.30. So he'd come in. He did that a few times. But there were a lot of others, and nice people. Everybody's a nice person, right? Photography uh, makes everybody smile. I think ears, so. You know, their ears get touched by their smiles. Well, let's let's go back and talk talk about how this all started because you were you've been in the two thirty South Wabash uh, location, location since since what 1929, But your grandfather, your grandfather yes. actually came over. Tell us tell us his story. 
How did he decide Grandpa, to come over and, and, and start oh, a camera sure. company? Um, we're Jewish. Grandpa lived in Hungary near the Romanian border. In that time of year, Grandpa was born in 1878. There was a location for nine or ten countries and policies. One of the policies was a Jewish boy, when he hit 13, the day after, he went into the Army for 25 years. Whoa. Right. The Austrian-Hungarian coalition or something. So his father, his name was Joseph. Joseph said, and Elbert was the oldest son. Okay. And the oldest child, in fact. you got to get out of here. Not, not the exact words. It was in Hungarian or Yiddish or whatever, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but that was so the gist. Albert started the diary. I'm sorry I interrupted. What? Oh, no, I said, but that was the gist. He told him he had to get out of there. You've got to leave. Otherwise, you're going to die. Why? So this little Jewish kid who was 13 years old, they put him in the front line when there was a war or battle. Oh. That's how they thinned out the Jewish population. You have no sperm, you can't make babies. Get rid of the men. Yeah. So... Oh. He then walks, he starts his diary that day, and he walks from the, where he lives to, Ven- to uh, Milan or Venice, whichever one is on the, on the, what do you call it, the East Coast. I think it's Venice. Okay. He catches a ship, goes to Ellis Island. They don't change the name. It's Flesh, F-L-E-S-C-H. The original population of the Fleshes was in Spain, but during the... Inquisition, in about 1480, they left. Otherwise, if they didn't change religions, they'd be whatever. They wouldn't be around anymore. Right. So most of them went to Germany, and Grandpa's family group left Germany to go to Hungary about, what, I think it was around 1840 or so. So now Grandpa takes a train from Ellis Island to Chicago. We're supposed to meet Cousin Dave. Was he really a cousin, or was he... (laughs) getting economics to be called a cousin to take care of this young man. I think he was a cousin. Okay. They live on 1742 West Pierce Avenue, one block south of North Avenue. Grandpa goes to school at night and works during the day. His second job is working at a store called Siegel Cooper. It's on State Street, east of State. It's on Madison south of Madison, so it's right on the corner. It's a four-story building. It's a department store, one of the first in Chicago or in that area. In the second year working there, which is probably about 1895 or late, early 96, they put him in the camera department. My dad says he falls, falls, for, he falls in love. Wow. Wow. And wants that to be his future. So he finds the gumption to ask for permission to leave their business because he wants to open up his own store. And he finds two partners. One of them is an optometrist, and one of them has the uh, franchise, I guess, for Victrolas with the big ear coming out and the crank and the dog in the scene. RCA. Yeah. RCA, right. And they open up a store at 31 East Adams. Okay, where does the name come from? Well, Grandpa must have done some thinking. It's not in the diary. I didn't ask Dad except for, hey, I don't remember what he said. But I think State in Madison is what to Chicago. It's zero, zero, but yeah. it's also what? 
the central part of our city. Boom, Central Camera Company. Perfect. They stayed there from 1899 to 1907. But in 1902, I believe, Grandpa hires one of the first non-whites to sell retail in the camera store, George. He's six foot six or six foot seven. When I meet him in about 1961 or two, as I'm there helping dad, sure, I'm 11 or 12. I'm born in 48. Okay, okay so I was 13 or 14. And uh, he's, dad waves him in. Come in, George. You're part of the family. Don't stand out there. Here's my son. Oh, we shake hands. My hand gets lost in his hand. <laughs> It's lost. He doesn't squeeze or whatever. And I see them talk like they're old friends, which they were. My dad was born in 10. So George knew the whole family. My uncle, dad's brother, was born in 06. There were two ladies, Alice born in 12, and Lucille born in 1919. Don, I'm going to interrupt you for a second. We've got to Please. take a quick break. And then Please. we're going to continue Please. with the history. And I have a lot of questions. Please. If you have a question about Central Camera or about Don uh, or any of that, 312-981-7200. I know we've got a couple people on hold who want to talk to you too, Don. So we're going to do that in just a minute. And there is a GoFundMe page set up, Central Camera Company Rebuild. Uh, the Flesh family has started it. They've owned Central Camera Company for 121 years. The funds raised will be used directly for Central Camera's rebuild at 230 South Wabash. Let's do this. Then there's more. It's WGN. 720 WGN. We are talking uh, cameras and camera companies and a chicago landmark we've got don flesh he is the owner of central camera 230 south wabash uh was looted and burned the other night but you can help out and help bring this uh treasure back central camera company rebuild is the gofundme page uh don before we uh, before we continue with the history of the of the shop uh penny has been holding on she wants to jump on and say hello hi penny oh hi penny hi there hi there and I am in your state, your age category, born oh, in the cool. same year. Cool. How about that? Fun, isn't it? My husband. Is it fun? I'm, Are you having I'm fun sorry? at this age, Penny? That's what Don's asking. Oh, isn't it? a few more aches and pains than I'd like. <laughs> okay. Let's put it that way. Right. <laughs> one, of, one of the comments when I happen to hear you on is um, my husband is active in cameras, and in fact, and the name Richard Stromberg, a friend of his, sure, used I know to Richard buy cameras. Well. Do you remember Richard Stromberg? Oh, very well. Richard took a trip yes. once with his lady yeah. friend, and they went from Canada heading towards Alaska. He forgot to buy film. So when I talked to him, I said, Richard, tell me where you'll be in four days. What hotel or what motel? I'll send it up. So we sent up film at least two or three times. <laughs> I said, you can, don't pay me, I'll, you'll pay me when you get back, and whatever. So, yeah, Richard was a My husband, nice guy, a good character. A, yeah. He was. He, ran he it, was he a terrific a camera person. Right. He has a school. He sold, and the, he sold the school. Uh, his wife sold the school after he had passed. My husband yeah. still does tours in that school, in a school that was founded uh, that he founded after he left one school where he initially had started. But he had, he's still downtown. My husband still goes downtown to a school and does oh. tours and helps them out 
in the same place where Richard used to teach last. Oh, wow. wow. That's, that's very cool. That's very nice and cool, yeah. Well, you know, Penny, they were such good friends. Yes. Penny, thank you for the call. Have a great thank night. You, thank you, and I, I hope husband. you rebuild because my husband oh, is will. a camera person. We're, we're rebuilding, there's no doubt about it. This and the irony, I used to work I used to work in the next building. Oh, did you the really? building to the right. I was a legal secretary in that little store. Two do- two doors down from you. There's a store and then there was a north office. Penny, were you south towards Jackson or were you north towards Adams? Um, towards Jackson, two doors down. Okay, gotcha. Wow. I know exactly what it was. Well, Penny, thanks for yep. the call. Have a great night. There used to be a there used to be a uniform shop, and there was mannequins for men and women oh, wearing right. uniforms. <laughs> yes. Now, right. Don Robert wants to take a little trip down memory lane with you too. Hi, Robert. Hi, Robert. Yeah, Robert Sherman here. Yes, yes Robert. Robert. Don Flesh. Yes. Uh, I live next to Eugene Surf and Jackie Surf from 1974 to 1999. I believe Gene managed your store from somewhere around about the mid-50s to the mid-80s. And I just want to tell you how proud he was to work for you. I knew Gene very well, and uh, he he left in the uh, late, late 80s, early 90s. He was there about 25 years. He was the assistant manager. Wow. Very technical, very smart. Um, he had lots of nice talks. I knew his wife, and uh, and he had a daughter. I think one daughter. Yes, uh, daughter lives in New. Uh, uh, Nancy lives in Denver. Nancy, okay. And his wife Jackie passed away about a year ago. Oh, really? Because Gene died about what ten or twelve. Like Gene probably died somewhere uh, before ninety nine because we moved from next door to them to Albany, New York in 99, so somewhere in the 95 to 99 range. Wow. But he spoke so highly, and I was an engineer for Amico Oil, and uh, like I say, uh, I bought many. I've still got an Olympus OM-1, you know, uh, and a couple of other, and I all the various lenses. I took a lot of auto racing pictures with Gene's guidance. Wonderful. Yeah, Gene was very good and technical and knew how to be calm and talk to people and make them feel comfortable. Not to take their money, but to teach them. Yeah. We like teaching at our store. Robert, you your, shop, your shop was absolutely fabulous. Thank, Thank you, you for the call, Robert. Take Thank care. You, Robert. Thank you. Uh, now, all right, Don, you're, this, that's got to be wonderful to hear from uh, all these names from the past and stuff. I'm wondering, oh, was there ever a, ever a question that you were going to go into the camera business, that you were going to father your grandfather, follow your grandfather? Always. Father? I wanted to be there. It was my only job. I helped a, a friend out when we were in grammar school with a paper route, rubber banding the newspapers and then trying to throw them up to the second floor. <laughs> I never got him there. He got him there. <laughs> His name was Gordon Bass, and so, he's retired. He was number two at the uh, Children's Hospital. Oh, wow. And, and so that was, nice it. That, was the last, that was the last real manual labor that you wanted and to I do? And I didn't get paid for it. I didn't get paid for it. <laughs> I was helping. <laughs> so... So then you go into the camera. Now, when did what precipitated the move to the current location? Because you said your oh grandfather- no, there was another one after 1907. Grandpa moved to the Palmer House. Okay, on the Wabash side. And as you walk in now on the right, which is the north part of the walk-in, just as you walk in, there's a candy store there. That was Grandpa's store, and uh, he was there till 1929. 
Um, well, my dad was born in 10, and his brother was born in 6, as I said, so they right. played around there as kids. Oh, wow. And then what What made him decide to leave? Just He wanted to be in his own they location? They wanted a bigger store. They wanted a larger store. Okay. Um, so what did they do? The Depression was on. It's February of 29. Things are getting really tough. The Depression comes, what, in October of 29. Yeah. They hired 80 or 90 men who stood in the line down to Central Camera at 230 South Wabash, and they had boxes filled with inventory, and you handed it to me, and I handed it to Dave, and it went down the line, the inventory walked in. Wow. Yeah. I have one photograph of that. And all this time, there was never, did you have any desire to move at once you were in this 237 no, Wabash location? Never. That was it. No, I, I did have thoughts that, Dad, don't we, got, we need a bigger store we can display better. He says, think about it this way. We have a narrow walkthrough. Because the store is about 22 feet wide. Right. Then you have aisles, then you have a showcase on both sides. So the walking area is about seven feet wide. He says you get three people in the store, people walking by, it looks crowded. Well. You get stores with twice the <laughs> amount west of the aisles, three people doesn't cut it as far as that. <laughs> so that was one thing. I wanted more space. And then over the years, I said, geez, I'm glad we didn't find more space. Yeah, I, I would store imagine. Next door. Yeah, we could have taken and stuff like that. Go ahead. But you stayed. You stayed there, and and you know sometimes uh, sometimes you listen to your folks, and they're right. Don, I got to exactly. put you on hold for a second because we've got to do an emergency uh, emergency Go broadcast ahead. test. But we will continue. Please. We will continue speaking in just a moment. Don Flesh is my guest. He's the owner of Central Camera. Three one two nine eight one seven two hundred. If uh, if you have a comment for Don, we've been able to hear from some uh, some people from his past, which is very nice. I I've got to talk to him once we do this about some of the evolution. How how a camera store adjust to digital coming in? Why do people still want to? I, Tom, we could actually talk to Don all night, but I don't think I don't think he's going to stay with us uh, all night, which is unfortunate. We'll have to talk to him again. It's Brian Noonan for Nick D. We are talking cameras and a little piece of Chicago history that was temporarily lost on Saturday night. Central camera at 230 South Wabash was looted and set on fire. Don Flesh is the owner of Central Camera, and he's my guest this morning, and it is, uh, it's been a fascinating walk so far down uh, through the history of this, uh, this unbelievable business that has been in Chicago since 1899 and been in on South Wabash Avenue since 1929. Uh, Don, before we, we've had some people call in, uh, Robert sure. wants to jump in because he bought his first camera from you. Hi, Robert. Oh, hi, Robert. Uh, my wife bought a camera for me for our wedding. I was married in 84, still married to the same wonderful lady. But a professional camera. camera bought Robert, from your store. I still have the camera, but <laughs> and, and 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 again, I don't. I to this day, I don't know how to work it correctly. But it has, <laughs> it has an auto switch, and it takes fabulous pictures. And I and, and again, I, and and we bought it in '83 for a thousand dollars. Wow! Well, it's a professional made camera for a professional. I'm not a professional. But but we you know she's always gone back and bought accessories from you guys and and you know God bless you stick in there and and rebuild and we need you thank you 
Thanks That's for the call, I definitely need you. And, and we love you out there, and our, our thoughts and prayers are with all the people that are going through all this chaos. Now, Robert, listen, when when uh, Don reopens, you have to go down there and finally learn how to work this camera yeah. correctly. Please. Oh, I would love to I learn how that. to work it correctly. I've done classes. I'm just staying on camera. <laughs> I'm lucky I know how to talk on the on the on the computer I'm talking to you on. Well you did all that I know very is people well, ask me what's my wife's phone number and I go it's number two. <laughs> Robert, thank you for the call. Uh one more first for you, Don, before we go on. Mike sure. has been hanging sure. on. He's in Joliet. Hi Mike. Hey Mike. Hey Brian, thanks for taking my call. Sure. Hey uh Don, I just wanted to say first of all how sorry I am um that you lost your shot there, temporarily at least. Uh when I woke up in the morning and saw the pictures on Instagram and Facebook, uh, my heart sank a little bit. Ironically, one of the things that I really enjoy photographing is neon signs. And that oh, wow. sign out yeah. in front of your shop is, is just iconic. I mean, it's, it, yeah. it's part of the landscape in Chicago. Um, but uh, the thing I wanted to share with you guys is uh, I bought, I, started, I got into photography about 15 years ago. And, and when I got my first real camera, um, I just bought a cheap tripod at like Best Buy or something like that. Um, and after maybe a year or two, I thought, you know, I should probably invest in a really good, solid tripod. So uh, I had some photographer friends that just, oh, you know, central camera is the place to go. And uh, I went in there one day and I was absolutely blown away at the level of customer service that I received. Um, I couldn't tell you the, the person's name. But just, you know, they took... Man or a woman. Man or a woman. It was a man. I want to say it was an older African-American gentleman. That's Isaiah Isaiah Williams. Okay. Isaiah Williams. And I was just really, I was really impressed with the time that he took with me. um, uh, Just to make sure that I I got the right tripod. I'm sorry? Very soft-spoken and very informative. I just talked to him today. His wife oh. and he were in a small car accident about a month ago. Oh, no. They're all, oh. they're they're quite fine now, though. And uh, well, I I still have the tripod to this day. I I don't do as much photography as I used to, but I still have it, and it still works wonderful. Terrific. Well, Mike, Terrific. thank you I'll, for the call. I'll call him tomorrow and tell him that you said hi. So okay. When do you okay. when do you think you bought the tripod? How many years back? Oh um, man, it's got to be it's got to be at least at least fifteen years ago. Seventeen? Uh-huh. Fifteen years ago. One five. Fifteen. Okay. One wow. five. Well, Mike, thank wow. you for the call, and take care of that tripod. All right. Thank you, guys. Take care. Thank you kindly for the, the nice the nice message. Don, but we don't have a whole lot of time, but I wanted to ask you, all the, all the evolution in photography and, and customers' use of cameras and things like that, what is it in this day and age where, you know, a lot of, a lot of people are satisfied to just take pictures with their phone what is it that keeps people coming back and using film and coming to a place like central camera to get these uh, these big beautiful cameras everybody wants to have fun some people want to have simple fun and some people want to have learning fun what's the theory of photography where did it come from what is you know if you look at something and have your eyeballs wide open what you're looking at is in focus. What's behind it is probably out of focus. If you squint, your aperture is getting t- tiny, and that gives you what's called depth of field. Right. So the item you're looking 
and the item behind are both in focus. Well, you can't do that too easily to learn those procedures with automatic everything products. But you can usually with film cameras because they have a different design and they wanted people to learn and then automation came to them and then so on and evolution and evolution. But I use film. I don't touch digital. Okay. I like the mystery. I like to take one shot. I like to think about it instead of rattling off a machine gun and catching and then picking out one. So it's a matter of patience. How do you love something? How do you not love something? You know, and how do you fall in love with? It? Well, and it's funny. All of or most of us, I should say, of a certain age, we we all started out with some sort of film camera. You know, whether it was yeah. whether it was an inexpensive uh, Kodak or whatever sure. we had, and then sometimes you moved up and you got you got a better camera. And then I right. think for a, a lot of people, it's convenience. Like you say, it's quick fun rather than educated fun. But there is something. There is something when you see photographs that were taken with film, there's a different, there's just a different feel to them, you know? Yes, totally, yes. And totally, I still totally, remember totally. going to the photomat to get my, uh, you know, pulling in the parking lot at the photomat to get my film developed. Right, right. And yeah, I wish they were still around and make it easier for people. We still develop film and sell film and have a wonderful assortment, probably the best I've ever seen in the country. Well, let's get... Let's get to your plans for the future now, because Saturday, as you said, you're not going to let one one horrible moment define going forward. Oh. So how do you how do you move forward? What's what's the plan? Well, the plan is we have to move forward. I mean, we're here to do what? Serve the community for their photographic ideas and thoughts and needs, and also, you know, the teacher wins as much as the student. Yeah. And, okay, sometimes we're a teacher, sometimes we're learning. But the key is to be there also for ourselves and also for the history of our store, the history of my family with the store. And right now there's an empty store right next to us. It was Kramer's Health Food. And they left three and a half years ago and it hasn't been rented. So my thoughts are, hey, we finished working on our current product, which is Central Camera Company, and cleaning it up and doing the best we can. But in the meantime, hey, let's take over 500 square feet, get some new windows, get a new doorway that's protective, and have a place where people can get their film, drop it off for developing, get some simple things, be back in business, and be able to tell the landlord, hey, if we can't sell, we can't make a profit, we can't make a profit, how can I pay you in rent? How can I pay? Yeah. So help us. It's helping you. It's helping the community. We thought to name. What were we going to name it, Mayor? What? Yeah, we thought to name it Central Camera Junior. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, and it's right. You get your bat. You stay. You stay. You stay in open. the same place. You stay in the same place. People know get, where you're at, and they and get they can the original one. Yeah, we get the original one healthy and back to yeah. what it is. You know, based on can we afford to and this and that, and 
hey, what do we do with Junior? I don't know. Junior grows up and goes goes to college or something. Yeah, Junior joins the family, too. And if people want to help, you mentioned serving the community, and the community uh, has always been there to support Central Camera. They can do that now more than ever. A GoFundMe page has been set up, Central Camera Company Rebuild. Uh, The funds raised are going to be used to rebuild Central Camera at 230 South Wabash. Maybe give a little to Junior, to give you a little seed money to get Junior on his way, and then uh, there, have been, there have been so many people that I bumped into in the last three days or had phone calls, and I can't keep up with them, but who want to donate photo items that they don't use anymore or just to help us yeah. get going. One of them is a good friend who teaches at RIT in Rochester, New York, and his name is Bob. <laughs> He's a great guy, Bobby Rose. Wow. Well, see, that's that's the kind of loyalty and support you get for being in business uh, since, you know, 1899. 1899. I'm not that old, though. No, you're not. But uh, your grandfather started the business, and you have carried it on after your dad. So, Don, listen, again, uh, I'm sorry for your loss, but your attitude is wonderful, and I know Central Camera is going to bounce back bigger and better than ever. Thank you for taking the time this morning. I really appreciated talking to you, and uh, I hope to talk to you again soon. Thank you for including us in one of your programs and giving us the opportunity. It's my Thanks pleasure. Thank you very, very much. That Hopefully is... you'll come in the store, whether it's junior or non-junior, to say hi. <laughs> I, I definitely will. Don, thanks very much. Don't forget, Central Camera Company Rebuild is the GoFundMe 